Auburn is not a place, it is a people. The loveliest village on the plains is more than a college sports venue, more than a university filled with historic buildings, more than a quaint little southern town. Its worth lies within its people, those that call Auburn home, whether that be for a single day at a time or for a lifetime. Much like our legendary Toomer's Oak Trees, our stories are the product of a firm foundation laid in the beginning of our Auburn story. These are the stories of the Auburn family. These are their roots. Where you go, Auburn family, and welcome back to Auburn Roots. This is our journey of exploring and sharing the stories of your Auburn family members. On this episode, we're going to be meeting, meeting another great member of the Auburn family. This time, we're going to be meeting someone who's fairly younger, and we actually haven't talked to a lot of people that are more closer. I know I sound old people, but I'm not that old. Someone a little bit closer to my generation, someone who has uh, got a very unique story in terms of how young they became a season ticket holder. I think that was probably one of the more intriguing things that kind of directed me towards talking to Scott Lowry. Scott, thank you for joining me on Auburn Roots. Hi, Kyle. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm really excited. Oh, of course. We have got to talk to one of the youngest people to ever buy, not just like have tickets willed to them by their parents or something, but one of the youngest ever to solely finance, whatever phrase you want to say it, buy themselves into the season ticket program for Auburn football. That is some commitment, my man. Yeah, yeah. And for the first year to be 2012, um, a three and nine year was something else for sure. Definitely. Very special for you to kind of put all that together because, I mean, you got to show commitment, first of all, to do that at that young age, but commitment to buy in and then be like, have that season happen and just be like, oh, okay, was this the right choice yeah. <laughs> overall? But we'll, we'll get into that more a little bit. I, I do always want to start a little bit back in the, the past. So we're going to put you on the, the, I guess, the therapy couch and tell me a little bit about, actually, you know, let's start here. Tell me a little bit about yourself outside of Auburn. If you were going to put Scott into a nutshell about just where you're from, kind of where you've grown up and a little bit about yourself, what would you tell us? Yeah, so I grew up in a little town um, just north of just north of Auburn in Lynette, Alabama. Uh, born and raised um, from uh, a family who we've we've all grown up here. Both my parents, um, my brother, and I we've all kind of stayed here nearby. Um, just a hardworking, you know, brought up, uh, taught to respect um, the the value of hard work and and to love Auburn um, really above anything else. Um, so that's that's kind of where where I'm from. Uh, I'm I'm currently 26. Uh, I'm in the grad program here at Auburn in the Masters of Accountancy program, uh, and will be moving up to McLean, Virginia, next fall after graduation. Interesting. So I guess that you'll probably have to deal with the whole double dribble thing with those fans up there for quite some time. <laughs> you know, I was in an internship with the firm up there all of January and February, and my very first meeting in front of a bunch of UVA grads was informing them that they did in fact double dribble. That is um, that is awesome. That is some straight up commitment like that. <laughs> <laughs> made a lot of enemies on day one. Um, but it's all good. It's all good. So you grew up in Lynette. Uh, I think right. a, a lot of people at least that would be familiar with where that is. How far outside of Auburn is Lynette, just for those that don't know? Okay, so I'm not familiar with mileage, but I know it takes it's about thirty minutes north of here. Yeah. Um so it's it's the last exit before you cross into Georgia. So you're basically Georgia. Do you ha do you get a lot of like Georgia fans in that region that kind of invade that space? Not really. It's it's mainly Auburn or Alabama in Lynette. You you may have a few Georgia fans sprinkled here and there, but it's it's mainly Auburn, Alabama. See, I've found it's pretty interesting because here in Georgia, where I am. Auburn has invaded and like in, in vast numbers. I've never in my wildest dream thought here in Marietta, Georgia, where I am, that we would have this amount of Auburn fans here. You don't really find Georgia invading into Auburn's territory all that much. And it sounds like that's kind of what you said here for Lynette. I, I thought for sure that you would have just a little bit of a contingency trying to invade over there, but nothing really besides Alabama. No, I had a dentist that was a Georgia fan, but that's, that's about it. Um, I think he was a Georgia grad too, so that kind of kind of helped out a little bit. But uh, no, no, it's mainly mainly Auburn and Alabama. You may find a few um, LSU and Georgia sprinkled out throughout throughout the town. 
yeah, those are kind of the big ones that you throw out there in the SEC. They just kind of spread out, and yeah, we we we, uh, we I guess grace whatever we go with our presence, but we call it like an infestation for Alabama and LSU fans. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So you spent your entire life in Lynette, huh? Correct. Yeah, I just moved to Auburn officially uh, about a month ago, so I, I still lived in Lynette my whole undergrad. Um, so tell me a little bit about Lynette. Like, what is the the makeup of that or how, how big a city are we looking at? Uh, what, what's it like? I want to say it has maybe uh, I'm probably completely wrong, but I want to say maybe three or four thousand um, population, just a really small town. I'm actually outside of Lynette in a little town called Fredonia. Um, nobody knows where Fredonia is, so I just say Lynette. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's Lynette. Fredonia. Um, I don't have self. I don't have cell service there. So uh, if that tells you anything about Fredonia, but no, Lynette, um, just a small, uh, kind of like a mill town back in the day that the, the mill there, um, was kind of the main thing for the city. Uh, just a quiet, quiet little Southern town, um, you know, little mom and pop locations and really not much to see, but, but a lot of love, uh, and community there. So it sounds like it's not a shock when your family and you connect to the Auburn family. Does that, does that start from the very beginning? Was there any other hints or infestations from within your family for Alabama or anything like that? I had no choice um, from birth uh, to, to be nothing but Auburn. Um, it goes back, goodness, generations, especially on my dad's side of the family. Um, they had season tickets back in the 80s and, and 90s and stuff. And so uh, it goes back for generations for Auburn. So we don't, we don't really allow um, outsiders <laughs> in. I love it. I wish I could say the same for my family, but uh, we, we've got a mainly Auburn family, but we got a few that have snuck in like my mother. I love her dearly, but uh, <laughs> it, it makes it interesting at Thanksgiving time every year when we all get together and, and, and hash it out for the Iron Bowl. But oh, that's great sure. that, that you grew up in, in a family that is very, very focused on orange and blue. So at any point in your childhood, was there ever a moment where you decided or maybe tried to connect to something outside of Auburn? No, not at all. Um, no, I never had any desire whatsoever to uh, to switch. Or, um, of course, growing up, that was during the Tommy Tupperville Iron Bowl year, so it wasn't that hard. Um to necessarily pull for anybody else uh, so it's it's been pretty strong pretty deeply rooted all these years so that's i think that's something interesting you brought up there is that your childhood your adolescence and and mine as well so i can uh speak to that too is during a time of probably one of the highest success rates for the auburn football program which is the lifeblood oh, yeah. of the university it's the life of the athletic everything's important here but we it would be you know Stupid not to admit that football is king and drives the engine that is the car that is Auburn. Uh, but for sure, when you talk to your family members that try to tell you about what it was like growing up in the the seventies, for instance, or or the sixties, where there were these long streets in the Iron Bowl where Auburn was not successful, do you have like a a sense of grasping how much more difficult that might have been for them? Oh yeah, I'm sure, especially during the uh, I guess that, that those are the Bear Bryant days. Mm -hmm. um, hearing about how hard it was year after year uh, with all the, like I said, in Lynette, it's, you know, a lot of Alabama, a lot of Auburn. So hearing all that from the Alabama fans, all those years, um, I'm sure it was pretty tough. My dad was actually at the first uh, Iron Bowl here in Auburn back in 1989. So he got to witness um, Pat Dye bring the bear to Jordan Hare and, and beat him here. So I guess that was kind of the turning point um, where it wasn't as dominant, but yeah, for sure. No, it gives me a greater appreciation for what we have now, uh, looking back on what all they had to go through. Yeah, I hear that a lot of people that we've talked to here in the series that kind of talk about, not not in an arrogant way, but they, they, they talk about how, you know, Auburn fans these days, they just, they don't have a sense of what we've been through. So to some degree, uh, some people grasp that, but I mean, there was a time where, you know, you didn't really talk about it all that much outside of, you know, being in, you know, safe company. Oh, yeah. It was not uh, something that was safe. You know, you weren't free of ridicule or anything like that. And uh, we've had you for 10 years here. Uh, but now, you know, you grow up in a time where Auburn has beat, beats Alabama six years in a row is, you know, a power, again, a power in the SEC. They've been several times. Um, so it's a very... I won't say privileged. I don't like that word, but a very um, just a time where you were lucky uh, to see the Tommy Tuberville. So roughly how old were you during the Tommy Tuberville days? Oh, 
Oh goodness. Um, I would say probably 10, 10 to 12 age range, 10 to 12, um, maybe a little younger than that. So what do you remember most about that time uh, from fo- like football games, moments, anything that sticks out to you from growing up in that time period? So unfortunately, I don't remember um, much about, you know, s- certain games. I do remember the 04 season um, and then, you know, us going to the Sugar Bowl and, and how uh, in, in my in, in my opinion, we're cheated out of a national championship. But that's, <laughs> that's beside the point. Um, and then you know, going for the counting on the fingers, every iron ball, which one we were going to win next and all that good stuff. But it wasn't really, I, I didn't actually go to uh, any of the football games. We would watch them, um, mm-hmm. but we didn't have tickets. And so uh, the first game I actually remember was the 2010 SEC championship game. That's wow. the first one I can remember going to. Um, but I can remember everything from 09 up till now. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny that you're such a an Auburn fan, a huge Auburn family presence, and yet you have never gone into the stadium or been to a game. Is it something that just never kind of interests you to actually go there, or was it just the opportunity wasn't there for you? Uh, the opportunity just wasn't really there. I do remember going to a game one time. Um, we kind of got rained out and left early. I don't remember who we were playing, but I do remember that was my first time in Jordan-Hare. Um but the first time I, I can actually remember being in Jordan here was the 2011 game. I want to say we played Utah State to open the season. Uh, and I remember I'll be running out of the tunnel holding the crystal ball. Um, that's my first actual memory of, of, you know, seeing a game in Jordan here and experiencing the atmosphere. Mm, that's a good one there. Uh, I, you know, I have so many fond memories of that time period. Uh, with Tommy Tuberville and and what he brought to us. And obviously it didn't end great, but, you know, pretty much there's no coaches these days whose time ends up, you know, well, I'll I'll say that usually ends up with a a divorce from the program or something like that. (laughs) Uh, You know, we're going through that right now here. If we're, if I can date this podcast a little bit with Gus (laughs) Malzahn, the transition to Harson. But uh, you've had a time that is very lucky to see some, Un, not, I won't say unparalleled, but uh, rare success rate uh, that the Auburn football program had during that time. What about other sports? Was it strictly Auburn football for you, or did you get involved or, or at least get invested in other sports for Auburn? Yeah, so I remember um, when I got my license and turned 16, a lot of the games I would come to were baseball uh, because they were you know, pretty, pretty cheap to get into and um, just spend an, an afternoon in Plainsman Park and a little bit in basketball. I remember coming um, back in the Coach Barbie days uh, when they first opened up Auburn Arena. I would drive down, and we, we'd come see uh, the, the women basketball games a lot, too. Um, back when it wasn't, you know, as expensive to get in, we'd ride down on an afternoon and, and catch some of those sports. But it's been mainly um, mainly football. I have seen a few soccer. Um, I think I haven't made equestrian yet. That's on the list. Oh, um, but it's that needs yeah, to be on your list. That's that's it's an event like no other. <laughs> but it's oh, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have to have people explain it to me all the time, but definitely keep that on your list. I am. I'm going to have to do that before I move up to Virginia for sure. Uh, but it, it's mainly mainly been football. Um, I have an appreciation for everything Auburn, but that one's kind of taken the cake in, in, in my life. Well, I do want us to get to talk about how you became a uh, one of the youngest season ticket holders, but maybe answer this question for me. What is it about Auburn that connects with you? I mean, because obviously it's there's a huge sports factor in that we're not going to ignore that, but there's got to be something much deeper that connects with you to connect with it. What is that? You know, it's, it's going to sound super cliche, um, but it really is the family environment. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people say that, and they probably get tired of hearing Auburn people say that, but it really is. It's, the Auburn family is something that's so real. And then you look at the creed uh, and that's another thing that really stands out to me. Um, the fact that we, we have a creed and how it talks about the human touch and it talks about, you know, walking uh, humbly with your God and, and walking side by side with your brother or sister um, through this life. Uh, th- that's kind of the main thing that drew me to Auburn. It was just when you step on to campus or in, into the city no matter who you're a fan of or where you're from, you immediately feel like you're at home. Mm. Um, and so it's always felt like that. Growing up, we would come to Opelika, which is a, a nearby city in Auburn a lot on the weekends. Um, and every single time I would come and just ride through campus or get out of my car and walk, you know, through Tumor's Corner. And it just felt felt right. 
you know, I can think of days like that too, where we would obviously come usually for a sporting event, but there was just always this feeling when you walk around campus that you belong there for some reason. There's, and, and the funny thing, I think you mentioned it too, even opposing fans. Now, of course, you know, we're going to be a little rowdy from time to time and have some fun <laughs> with each other, but you know, never goes by a year that I don't hear from an opposing fan. Like, we had the best time at Auburn. Like, you know, everybody was remote well mainly nice i can't really speak for you know so all the areas of and, you know frat parties and all that kind of stuff yes but, uh, but they always seem to come away with a pretty good opinion of their time in auburn um i'll ask you this have you ever been to a away game anywhere for auburn i have i've been to um alabama georgia and lsu so and that's and then of that's, course uh, some bowl games Yes. Now that's a great, I'm glad you actually have had that experience range. What was the worst of all those experiences? <laughs> the worst, um, you know, I wanted it to be Alabama, but it really was Georgia. Um, I don't know. It was just, uh, and oddly enough, LSU was the best of the three. I really enjoyed my time there, but Georgia for sure was not my favorite trip. See, that's was, funny. Um, that, I think it was 2016. That was that's really funny because I'm hearing that more and more these days. I think there's a growing animosity towards Georgia. Uh, I think there's always been that history there uh, that right. I think obviously everybody connects with and connects to. But for me, even here living as a resident, I don't really have a ton of animosity for them outside of the game week or, or even in, in other sports as well. But LSU, I have had the worst experience of my life. So that you've had the no. best. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I've every time I've been to LSU, well, it's just been twice, and then I'm going again this year. Um, it's just I don't know. They always seem so welcoming, and uh, they've I've had a couple of people pull me off to the side and make it a point to talk to me about, you know, what have, what have I enjoyed on campus or what have I enjoyed about the game day experience, and then they would tell me their Auburn experience, and um, it, it's it, I was shocked as well. My first time going, I went by myself uh, and expected the worst, but had a grand time. Well, Scott, I got to tell you, you must have something just about you, like a friendly like spirit or something like that, because that is the 100% opposite of what we experienced there. And I like to think of myself as a fun-loving, kind of can have fun, you know, jawing with each other fan, but I don't do it all that much when I'm in enemy territory, but my goodness, right. LSU was just, we still tell stories about that to this day. <laughs> no. The fact you obviously are one in a million, my friend, if you can get through there and have an awesome experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my boss here on campus, she's an LSU grad, and so she um she would give me some tips and tricks on I guess how to how to steer away from from those those ones in every crowd, I guess you would say. <laughs> did you ever get yelled at uh, tiger bait? Was that thrown at you ever? I did. I did. And you but that was expected. Um I kind of expected that to happen. And here's one or two that would throw some things out there, but the tiger bait thing is kind of kind of ironic. But um seeing as how we're both tigers but uh, i just kind of let it roll off and kept on walking and you know smile and nod um but, but no i really enjoyed my time there well that's fu that's funny but i think there's probably um interesting stories out there both ways i'm not going to sit here and say the lsu is the worst possible place you could go to yeah. yeah i always hear that alabama is kind of like right there in the middle it's like i don't really want to be there that's kind of what made it bad but uh you know it was fine you know they're alabama yeah. we kind of know know our place with them <laughs> right um, well, let's talk about how you became one of the youngest season ticket holders to actually like finance it themselves, pay for it themselves. Tell me how that comes about. What prompts you to do that? Yeah. So uh, like I said, my first Auburn game that I remember attending was the 2010 SEC championship game. And uh, of course, that whole 2010 season was magical, but we never actually got to go into Jordan Hare. Um, so in 2011, I bought a ticket to Utah State, and like I said, came to that game and got to see everything that went on, all the fanfare, and I said, I kind of like this, um, so I bought an individual ticket to every single game that season, um, including the Iron Bowl, so I, uh, after that, I said, you know what, I'm going to look into, I, I had a part, I had a, a job at the time, I was homeschooled, so I was able to kind of work 40 hours a week at a local restaurant, um, and I said, I'm going to look into seeing what it takes to become a season ticket holder and got in touch with Tigers Unlimited, um, which is the ticket priority program. And then uh, from there, just kind of went along with the process of, you know, making your donations and then selecting your seat, which um, didn't really know how big of a, how big of a life-changing um, thing that one particular seat would be. Uh, but yeah, so I bought my first season ticket in, in um, 2012, uh, section 12, row 11, seat 14, put my name on it. Uh, that was, that was mine. 
and um, have been there ever since. I was 17, I think, when I um, you know did my donations, and I turned 18 the following during the football season in November of 2012. And just for people that don't know that, you know, the donations and stuff. I'm not saying this to steer people away from doing it, but it it's not you know cheap. It's not the most expensive thing in the world. Right. But it's not cheap. So the fact that you're you were transformed or engaged enough by your experience in that first season after paying all those single game tickets, which I'm sure was more expensive, especially with that way more expensive. How about this comparatively buying all the single game tickets that one season to your season tickets? Do you kind of have an idea about how much maybe more you paid or percent wise or anything? Yes, I don't know about percent wise, but I do know the Iron Bowl alone. I paid $275 for that ticket. And um, just for reference, a season ticket without your donation is about four seventy five. dollars mm. um, So more than half of what I paid uh, for my season tickets, I paid for one Iron Bowl ticket. So I actually came out cheaper if I wanted to go to every game just by getting the season ticket, um, which is kind of my main selling point to people when I'm trying to talk them into doing the same thing. Uh, it was It was substantially more um in 2011 than it was in 2012 yeah and it just the ease of which that you now know that you've got tickets you know once you go through that process i'm sure and get through all the paperwork and selection process just knowing that you've got tickets and that you can come to the game and just relax to pre-game festivities go into tailgate enjoy tiger walk and all that stuff it's all taken care of uh you're not walking around on the sidewalks with me you know searching for holding with your finger up one ticket (laughs) two tickets (laughs) You're the guy that's holding the tickets up saying, I got tickets. <laughs> yes, I'm that one clutching my wallet very tightly walking through that crowd, <laughs> making sure my ticket doesn't fall out. So give people an idea. You, you kind of gave us your seats exactly. Where are you sitting right now currently? Still in Section 12, uh, Row 11, Seat 14. It's um, the south end zone uh, in the southwest corner of, of the stadium. So if you if you look at where the band is, I'm in this exact same end zone, just the opposite corner, about three rows above what used to be that little flower bed there. Now it's kind of like a recruiting area. Oh, so you have a really good perspective of what's going on in the field. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love my spot. I get a good view of the coaching staff and the players. And then the the Jumbotron is right there uh, on my right. And then the band is right in front of me, along with the student section. So in a really, really prom spot. Still not sure how I got it. (laughs) <laughs> you have uh, had very fortunate uh, things happen to you, surviving LSU, getting good yeah. selections here. You're doing something right, my friend. I, I, I don't know what you're doing, but I want to get on that train. <laughs> I think it's it, it may be when my grandparents got season tickets back in the day. Maybe that's what it was. We'll, we'll, we'll go warm with that. There's got to be a reason <laughs> for it, so we'll, we'll throw that out there. So you're pretty happy kind of being down that low. I've heard people say sometimes they don't like being down that low, but you kind of like it. I love it, and then there's also the people that I'm with. Um, and they make a world of difference. We've, as I said, my first year was 2012. There really wasn't much to watch on the field. Um, so we got to know each other a lot and we've really became a family. Um, there's, uh, I'm going to get the number wrong and leave somebody out, but there's like six or seven, maybe eight of us that sit together. Um, and I, 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 I never plan on moving from that spot. We have a good view. We're about 11 rows up, so it's not too terrible. Uh, especially when they're in our end zone, but yeah, we have the jumbo trying when they get on the other side of the field, so we make do. Yeah, I've always debated what's the actual best spot in the stadium, and that doesn't sound like too bad of a thing because even if it is a little bit harder to see at points, you've got a pretty good vantage point about what's going on actually on the sidelines, and you know, you can actually see if there's a player injured going in. Can you actually tell if they're you know? So there, there's advantages to being down oh, yeah. in that area, uh, but it sounds like you've got pretty good spots for for people that are trying to understand the process of becoming a, a member of that program and to get season tickets, was it a fairly easy process? It was super easy. Um, everybody in the, in the program was extremely helpful. It's, you know, you kind of start in, in early December, making your donations you have until the 1st of March, um, really streamlined and, and seamless at the end of March, you know, they begin the, the, um, seat selection process and, you do that when your time is it comes up and then, uh, you know, pay in the month of May and then you're set. Um, you don't have to worry about anything else until August when football season rolls back around. And then it starts all over again in December. Um, but super easy and, and really simple to go through. So no regrets, no looking back and saying, well, maybe I did that a little bit too soon. Uh, completely worth it, huh? 
if I hadn't have done it when I did it, I wouldn't be talking to you. Um, I wouldn't be sitting in an apartment in Auburn right now either. Uh, so it, it was perfect timing. So it's probably the catalyst that led to some other Auburn parts of your story, just kind of pushing you to do other things, get involved in other things, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, then let's talk about that because you are an Auburn grad and you've already mentioned that you're in grad school currently for accounting. Correct. But let's rewind the tape from where you are currently and tell me about how you actually got there. Were you planning on going to college? Were you always planning on going to Auburn? Uh, so rewind back to, I guess, high school and, um, or earlier years. Nobody in my family outside of my dad who went to a local technical college uh, went to, you know, went had like a secondary um, post-secondary, anyway, like a college education, yeah. um, post-high school, I guess is what I was trying to say. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so we were just kind of, you know, a hardworking family, do what makes you happy type thing. If you want to go to college, that's cool. If you don't, that's fine too. Just work hard for what you have. Um, and so when I bought that season ticket, I was seated next to this person named Jenny Wakeford, who graduated in 1994 uh, from the College of Business in the School of Accountancy. Um, didn't know anything about any of that at the time, but we got to know each other, like I said, a lot over the 2012 season. And in 2013, I graduated high school. Um, I, I said a lot that I wanted to go to Auburn, but I really didn't have any plans for college after high school. Just wanted to get out. Um, and, and get a job in West Point, Georgia, which is right next to Lynette. Uh, and I was content, you know, I was happy. Um, and she, and into 2013, kind of started saying, you know, you ought to consider college. Um, just, you know, give it a thought, just put, you know, keep it in the back of your mind. And over the course of the next few seasons, uh, she would kind of push it a little harder, you know, you should probably consider college. And so 2016, um, I started at a local community college called Southern Union, uh, just down the street in Opelika and, um, really no, no plans. Uh, didn't really expect to get into Auburn. Um, but you know, I started there and then she would introduce me to certain people here at Auburn that she knew in the school of accountancy. Um, and she would tell them, you know, like, Hey, remember this guy, remember this guy, he's going to be here someday. Uh, and so, over the next couple of years, she convinced me to, you know, maybe, maybe look at accounting. Here's the pros, here's the cons, um, and just give it a shot. And so applied to Auburn, uh, didn't apply anywhere else, which in hindsight probably wasn't the best idea in case I <laughs> did not get in, but thankfully I did. Um, declared accounting and the rest is kind of history. It was, like I said, I had no plans of going to college whatsoever. And had I never have bought that season ticket in section 12, I probably never would have. Um, there was just no, no push, you know, it was, like I said, do what makes you happy. Um, you know, get a job and work, just work hard for what you have, uh, which kind of goes back to the first line of the creed, which is one of the things that drew me in Auburn was believing in work, hard work. Um, but yeah, if, if not for that spot, I never would have gotten to Auburn. I never would have been introduced to the people I was introduced to and, uh, ultimately got the offer that, I have now to go to McLean, Virginia to an accounting firm after grad school. See, that's really interesting because I think not always, but a lot of time you have the reverse of the story. People become season ticket holders after they graduate, but because yeah. you became a season ticket holder before you even considered really being, making it a reality to go there, you're now an Auburn grad. That's just a, a unique part of an Auburn story that I haven't heard yet. And I, and I really think that's something to kind of, you know, a lot of the times people will kind of scoff and like, oh, you're just there for the football and stuff like that. And, and it's like, well, that may be what got me there, but I got so much more out of this. And it sounds like that's kind of what your story is. It is for sure. And through through everything that I've been through with, um, you know, joining the football program or the, the season ticket program and then getting into Auburn has led to so many memories and so many things I never would have dreamed possible. Um, getting involved on campus and certain offices and being able to be a part of uh, being in several, uh, I would say several hundred people's lives as an orientation leader for transfer students when they would come onto campus, as well as a peer instructor for classes in the College of Business. Uh, I've been able to share my story with a lot of other people who um, I hope are similar to me in the sense that, you know, they didn't really have plans to go, didn't think they would fit in at college uh, and, you know, look where they can go if they just have that little push. Um, that's someone that tells them to give it a shot. See, and I think that's another cool thing that you've been an ambassador in a sense for a, a certain group of people 
that wanted to consider Auburn or maybe felt like they maybe didn't have a shot at it or just didn't know really where to start. And you're now a success story to show, yeah, I really didn't have any solid plans that I was going to end up here. I just wanted to be a part of the university, even if it was just as a a ticket holder. But lo and behold, here I am now on campus representing this group of people. What do you think is like the biggest hangup for for transfers trying to decide, can I, do I belong here? What do you think they've kind of run into? Yeah, it's, um, we talk a lot about, when I was in the position, we would talk a lot about this thing called transfer shock, where, you know, you have your routine of, of doing things at your current institution, you transfer in and, you know, oh goodness, it's a whole new world. Um, my biggest hang up, especially for someone, I'm not, I'm not old, but like someone my age who's a little older than the average uh, sophomore or junior was being in a room with 300 people who were 19, 18, 19 years old, um, when the biggest class I've ever been in was 30 people. Uh, so that was the biggest thing for me. Yeah. And it was uh, being homeschooled in a Christian school up till about ninth grade, then homeschooled after that, uh, we, you know, relatively small class sizes. And so I think that's one thing that transfer students kind of face coming in is, you know, there are people who are already, I guess, have their spot solidified here. How am I going to, um, make room for myself? How am I going to fit in? Uh, and they do ultimately, you know, you get over that, um, pretty quickly once you step on step onto campus and you feel at home immediately, but there is that kind of scare going in. So how did you make space for you or find your belonging there at Auburn? What was it for you that kind of, I, I know you had the football and you had a desire yeah. to be there and you had, you know, a, a, a friend that kind of pushed you in the right direction here. But when you get on campus, what is it that kind of, I, I guess is a good word, centered you there at Auburn? Yeah. Getting involved was when I found my home on campus. Um, I got involved with the, the transfer uh, student, um, orientation leader program. It's called Successfully Orienting Students or SOS. Uh, and then I also got involved with the Office of Professional and Career Development or OPCD. Uh, I would always tell our students at orientation that we love acronyms here on campus. <laughs> um, as a peer instructor working under the director of the office. And when I found those people in those offices, uh, they ultimately became a family. And that's when I knew, hey, you know, I belong here. I, I feel at home here. All those uh, insecure thoughts I had going in are gone. Um, and that's also the, one of my biggest pushes to current students is just to get involved, um, kind of step outside of your comfort zone a little bit, and you'd be amazed at what that'll do. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. So what other things did you get involved in on campus? Was there any other peer groups or, or things that you uh, might have done while you're there? Not really. So all, during all of this, I was also working a full-time uh, third shift job in West Point, Georgia um, at a call center. So I didn't have too much too much time on my hands, uh, but I did thoroughly enjoy those two positions on campus. Um, you know, with what time I had being able to get involved with those, I didn't really have much time outside of having a, my own radio show called the Scott spot on the radio station here on campus. Um, and that was pretty much, pretty much it. Okay. Now that we have to stop there and talk about that. Cause I, I can't <laughs> let that go by the Scott spot there on the local student led session or station. What did you talk about on that, on that show? 
Uh, it was mainly music, um, a variety of, of all different kinds. You could hear 80s music, today's pop or 90s country. Like it was, you, there was really no, um, no set thing. But yeah, no, Scott spot from 12 to 1 on WEGL 91.1 FM. Uh, every Friday afternoon, we'd love to have you join. It was a, it was a wonderful experience. Did you, uh, do you have like a, a favorite song that you uh, tried to kind of play in there every once in a while? Or uh, was there something that you ever got requested too much? Uh, so my favorite, my favorite was the eighties, the eighties rock. So um, I would kind of throw Bon Jovi in there a, a good bit, not, not try to drown the people with, with it, but uh, you know, my, my little, my bias was showing a little bit and throwing those in there. Um, oh, well, as well as some, some Carrie Underwood, she's a, another personal favorite. So they got a pretty good, pretty good mix. That That is a pretty wide mix, my friend. <laughs> it's, it's a good one, but it, it's just two different styles and two different, you know, uh, perspectives on things of how, what is music. Uh, and I, I would suspect that you probably played living on a prayer a lot for the Auburn fans, seeing how that's. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I can imagine probably students just listening on campus, you know, start, you know, chanting it with you at the end. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I even know so how that started. I'm not sure either, but I was definitely fist pumping in the radio station. I can, I can only imagine Scott, what that scene was like <laughs> sitting there with all the equipment around you and still fist pumping in the air. But it was a high energy radio station when you were in that, in that seat. <laughs> oh, it was just praying that I had my uh, mic on mute. That's all I was, all I was doing. So you became a accounting major and an accounting uh, graduate uh, by the end of all this thing. What pushed you to do the music job? Uh, so I've always been involved in music. I've actually played piano now for about 14 years. Um, and so I've always just had a very deep appreciation for music that was kind of instilled in me by my parents. Um, my mom is a huge Bon Jovi fan, which is why I... Uh, why I'm so fond of them. Uh, and then my dad with, with his kind of, uh, I guess, nineties country, um, type vibes. It was, uh, yeah, just from an early age, music was always going in the house. It was always a thing, uh, that I grew up around. Uh, it's something that I don't know, I guess I fell in love with at an early age. So I find it interesting that you go into accounting as opposed to something musically inclined. It was that ever crossing your mind to do that instead of accounting? Radio was a um, a big dream of mine. I wanted to go in and be a, a radio DJ back in the day. That was the, that was the coolest the coolest job in me was being a radio DJ. Um, and then I just I kind of looked at you know my opportunities and what I think what I thought I could do uh, with my career, and it it didn't seem like it would pan out too well. So uh, kind of went over back to the business world and, and ultimately chose accounting. Well, and you know, obviously, you've got to do what's best for you and what you feel like you're going to fit best for the rest of your life, because obviously you're not just coming to Auburn just to get the experience of being in Auburn. I mean, admittedly, it's great in and of itself, but you're getting, you're coming there to prepare yourself for the rest of your life, your career, what you're going to be doing. Um, so you switch to, to accounting or not switch to accounting. That's what you go in for. Excuse me. Can you give us a perspective of what it's like being an accounting student? You know, what classes you had to take? And just for those of us that aren't accountants, definitely not me. Yeah. I've got some of my family that are. Uh, what's that like at Auburn? It's so they don't sugarcoat it going in. It is, they tell you on day one, it's the most rigorous curriculum in the College of Business. Um, but it, it's the most rigorous for a good reason. It, it prepares you so well for uh, the real world. I know most. I'm pretty sure all of my graduating class had a job coming out of, of um, undergrad. Uh, and then the master's program has about a 100% job placement rate. So they do an extremely good job of that, but it's, it's a lot of difficult classes. Um, it's, you know, you have your, your intermediate accountings, your, your uh, audit classes, your tax classes, which um, I'm an audit guy. So tax wasn't necessarily my favorite. I always tell my family, don't ask me to do your taxes after I graduate because I'm doing auditing um, <laughs> and uh, just different things like that. But it was it's again, you know, going back to that cliche thing of family, the School of Accountancy is their own little family. Um, all of the professors are super invested in the students and the students really you know, get along well. So it was like going into another one of my many families here on campus um, while, yes, it was difficult. Uh, we were all going through this difficult thing together, which made it a lot easier. What was the hardest class in that program? Goodness, the hardest class. Um, I love Dr. Mathis to death, but tax two was, 
so difficult to me. Um, I guess being an audit person, she was amazing. Uh, she's a wonderful professor and extremely nice person, but tax too, man, it was, it was a different world. Uh, you know, taxes just make my head hurt regardless. So the fact <laughs> that there's a tax two at Auburn, that just, I, I don't know how you do that, my friend. <laughs> yeah. So tax one is like income taxes. Tax two is like corporate tax. Gotcha. Um, so the next level of taxes. Yes. And that, with, that you know, you. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And then with governments always changing, corporate tax will probably change. And it's just uh, always something new. Oh my goodness. Uh, that's just making my head. Th- I'm not a math person. I'll be honest with you. I do have a <laughs> science-based degree, but I, I went to a, a science-based degree that requires as little math. In fact, I changed my major because I didn't want oh, to goodness. deal with math. Yes. See, that's a common misconception about accounting people. Most of us are terrible at math. Um, we just, we just make good use of a calculator. Uh, <laughs> that's, if that makes you feel any better about the people doing your taxes. Well, I mean, um, I do frequent a calculator, so that does make me feel slightly better. <laughs> I'd be lost without it. <laughs> now, I don't want to ask what was the easiest class, but maybe what was the class you most enjoyed? Uh, you know, I really, really enjoyed my audit class, but there was also a class called, um, Accounting Info Systems, or if any accounting majors are listening, it's AIS, again, another acronym. Um, those two classes, I guess, were kind of had a lot of projects, which I really, really enjoyed um, getting to use certain systems. But Intermediate Accounting 1, which is like your, your first really difficult course in accounting, uh, my professor, who is Miss Amy Murphy, she's become one of my mentors. Um, really, if I've never met someone so passionate about accounting as Miss Murphy, uh, and just being in her class and experiencing all of that really made me appreciate it a lot more. Um, and hearing her stories of what she's went through in her career uh, and learning those core principles and those foundational things, um, I guess, really set me on, on the path to a successful career in our, or you know, college career in accounting. Yeah. Well, I think we've got a good perspective of kind of your, some of your campus life and your academics. We do always need to bring it back to sports. What is some of the biggest moments or, or games that will stick out to you at being a student on, on campus? What are some of those? Right. So even though I'm a student, I still sat in my section 12 seat. Um, I, I've sat in the student section one time, but it, during my student uh, time, I guess you could say, uh, the 2000, let's see, 2013, I wasn't a student yet, but obviously that was memorable. Um, during my time here as a student, I would say 2019 Iron Bowl. Uh, just because, you know, coming in, it was such a shootout the entire game. We never knew what was going to happen. Uh, and then the the helmet pop off in the end zone, in the north end zone, um, will forever be etched in the, into my mind. So that's probably my most uh, my most favorite, I guess, football game experience during my time here as a student. That is definitely a good one. I do love me some Sean Shivers. Uh, I think everybody yes. in the world now appreciates Sean Shivers after what he did. Uh, I can't even remember the guy's name, but he's, his head probably is still ringing at this point. I've never seen such a little ball of fury just packed into one little unit. <laughs> Legend has it the helmet is still flying. Um, <laughs> they haven't got it yet. Legend has it that it's probably getting closer to catching Chris Davis than the 2013 <laughs> Alabama defenders. Yes. Oh, man, we didn't even know what happened when, you know, we saw him catch the ball. But uh, the myself and Jenny Wakeford and her wife, Rosemary Stewart, we just – wrapped our like arms around each other and fell over on the poor people behind us just you know so happy we had no idea what happened the whole stadium was happy so we were happy um and then we got up and found out what actually had happened Uh, i'm assuming you made it out onto the field we did we did (laughs) um so sorry to the athletics department that had to pay that fine but it was well worth it I don't think that there are too many athletics department people that are really, truly upset about it. They might be a little bit, you know, mm, God, that pine, that fine hurts, but what a moment in time. I mean, to be there and just experience the, the sheer elation. And, and it sounds, we had like similar experiences. I actually never saw Chris Davis, you know, get into the end zone because all I saw was the you know, bottom of the dog pile that was happening in the student right. section. <laughs> So was it similar experiences, even in the you know, general seating, just uh, a lot of dog piling and, and that kind of stuff going on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those poor bushes were um, just destroyed, I guess, all the way around this, all the way around the stadium. But yeah, it was a lot of, like I said, we just kind of wrapped ourselves arms around each other and fell over on the poor people behind us. But they were happy to. Uh, so it was, you know, no, no hard feelings. Um, 
Yeah, it was it, everybody dogpiling on everybody else, trying to figure out what just happened. Did we actually see that? An incredible moment in history. Do you think, and I know, let's take our orange and blue glasses off for a second here, <laughs> as best we can. Yeah. Do you think that is the greatest sports moment ever in history? I would have to, at this point in time, I would have to say so. Will it get beat later on? Maybe. Um, but I mean, you know, I have, I've heard of people from all over the country who are watching that, you know, who completely unbiased, didn't care who won the game and just said that they could not believe what, you know, what they witnessed. And um, just to win a game in that fashion against a team, you know, give credit where credit's due, a team like Alabama, uh, you know, and a coach like Nick Saban, it just doesn't happen very often. Um, I, yeah, I, I do think what speaks to that moment is the fact that somebody who has no connection to college football and when the moment you introduce yourself and they ask where you're from, where'd you go to college and you say Auburn and they go, oh, that team. <laughs> and th I think that speaks to how impo important that moment is in history, but in sports history. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, with the mir the, the miracle in Jordan Hare or, or the prayer in Jordan Hare the week before that. It was just, you know, that season, I feel sorry for people who didn't actually get to witness it or, you know, who weren't Auburn fans during the season like that. It was something miraculous. It, it really was a miracle on, on several different fronts on several different games. Uh, I'll never forget where I was in both. Thankfully, I was there in the stadium with you uh, for that moment, particularly the, the kick six. And, yep, they're still chasing Chris Davis to this day. That's probably why they we are. never we don't get to see him that much because he's still running from them. <laughs> He is, and he's not stepping out of bounds either. Still not stepping out of bounds, no matter how much you think about it, Alabama <laughs> fans. Uh, last thing before we get into our, our final questionnaire, I know you were a very busy guy, and I, I think you epitomize the part of the creed that says work hard work because you had to do a full-time job living you know, away from campus during part of this and, and going to accountant school, uh, or at least going through that program. What part of the town around Auburn did you get involved in? Did you have like play, favorite places you frequented or did you even have time for that? You know, I didn't have much time for it in undergrad. Uh, now that I'm in grad school and I'm kind of able to take a little step back and breathe a little bit, uh, Mama G's is a staple. I know there's a there's currently a war on Twitter going back and forth on, on Mama G's, but uh, you can't go wrong with some nachos and mama's love for me. Um, yeah, that's a good one. It's it's hard to beat going to Mama Goldberg's uh, after a football game. There's a lot of great places to go and eat and, and spend some time just hanging out with friends. Uh, but it's hard to beat your mama's love. It is just so good. And I didn't mean this really to be an is. advertisement for them, but it, it, <laughs> I can't deny it. <laughs> Shameless plug, some free airtime. Absolutely. And I have no qualms about that whatsoever. I will say my favorite part, I know we're kind of um, maybe, maybe nearing the end, but my favorite part of everything that did happen during my time here at Auburn was uh, in 2019, around my birthday, I was able to send an email to Alan Green, our, our athletics director, just kind of thanking him and telling him the same story I've told you to, today uh, and asking if there was a chance if, if I could meet. I'm a, I'm still am a big Gus Malzahn fan. I was at the time and, you know, maybe just meet him and, and Gus and get to talk to them both and never expected them to respond. But in typical Scott's life fashion, they did. <laughs> and uh, set up an appointment for my actual 25th birthday. They had no idea um, and actually got to go and, and meet Coach Malzahn in his office and meet Alan Green and spend some time with them talking football and, and talking all things Auburn. Um, they gave me birthday gifts and, and kind of signed a little card uh, and just couldn't have been nicer to this kid who they did, had no reason to be nice to, um, you know, no obligation to be nice to, but they took me in and really just epitomized the Auburn spirit the auburn family um and showed me a lot of kindness and i would say out of my all all my time here at auburn out of everything i've witnessed that moment is probably one of my favorite moments i actually have the picture of of me and gus and alan hanging on my wall here in the apartment that is a pretty special moment what are you doing right my friend because you have got something <laughs> you made it out of baton rouge with a great experience you've had this happen on your birthday just by chance and so many other things Whatever you're taking, I need some of it, my man. It's just, <laughs> my goodness. I don't know. I guess, I, guess I, I don't know who said it, but somebody said you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. And I've kind of just taken that to heart. I mean, you know, send the email, buy the ticket, um, speak to this person or that person, and you really no, never know where it'll take you. Absolutely. And especially when you're connected with a group of people like the Auburn family, we tend to look out for each other. 
Uh, you know, we have For a lot sure. of different backgrounds and people come from different places, but the one thing that connects us all together is the orange and blue. And, and I know that's cliche and we can talk about family, but, but it really, really is. And it sounds like your story has been that something that was almost the reverse of getting connected with football, but that got you to the university and look where you are now heading off to Virginia and uh, to, to be there. Do you plan to stay there long-term or is that kind of something that's just the, the journey you're on right now? As of right now, that is the goal to stay there long-term. Um, I'll be working for a firm there just outside of DC and I would love to make it a career. Uh, so I'm hoping that happens now. I will be keeping those season tickets. That's something Alan and Gus asked me uh, if I would be letting those go. Um, and I will not. I will be keeping those season tickets um, and coming back to Auburn as much as possible. Because like Rod Bramblett said it best, um, those people across the state, those people at the red, crimson, and white, they'll never understand it, what we mean when we say family. Um, but we understand it perfectly. Yeah, that's some commitment right there, my man. I, I appreciate that, that you're willing to even take, you know, I, it's, it's the reality. You're going to be in Virginia. It's not the closest place in the world to Auburn, Alabama. Yeah. So it's going to be quite a haul. Uh, do you think you'll be flying or, or driving back to those games? Uh, so I drove to Virginia and back in January. And when I move up there, I planned on that being the last time I ever make that drive. Uh, so <laughs> definitely we'll be racking up some frequent flyer miles because that 11 hour drive was killer. Oh, man. Well, I, I know that it, you wouldn't do it if it wasn't worth it. And it sounds like that's kind of been a lot of your story. You took a chance on something, buying into the the, the tickets uh, so early, at one of the youngest ever, and it's been worth it ever since. So I, I appreciate what you said about, you know, just shoot your shot and, and take an opportunity. You never know what's going to lead you, even to Virginia, where you have to fly to go back to Auburn. <laughs> yeah. There are some Auburn people up there, so that's a plus. Um We'll just continue to remind those around us that they double dribbled in the final four game. I would be and, ashamed uh, of you if you didn't do that. And their, their national championship is not legitimate. <laughs> I think you now need to be decreed the leader of the Virginia units of, of the Auburn militia up there. <laughs> just, I'm up for that. I, I, hey, look, the way you have been so lucky, they could do much worse for a leader of the Auburn family up there. <laughs> <laughs> I would be honored. Well, I think this is a great time for us to start rounding out our conversation together and to do our not so rapid fire, rapid fire questions, uh, a little bit of this and that your favorite, this, you probably already answered some of those. So it might be a little bit of redundancy though, but I do want to make sure that we get you through the full thing and you just kind of round out your Auburn story. So if you're ready, we will get started with those. Yeah, let's go. All right. Question number one, orange or blue? Blue. And why? For sure. I, I've, I don't look good in orange. Um, I guess that, <laughs> I guess that's it. I don't know. I've always been a fan of, of navy blue, which is very fortunate. Um, and if you look in my closet, it's it's pretty dark. It's nothing but a bunch of uh, dark blue. Um, you may see a few orange sprinkled here and there, but it's mainly blue. It's funny because I've heard people say the exact opposite. I look terrible in blue, or I, I like the way I look in orange. It's funny how that, <laughs> that just changes for people, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'll wear orange, um, but I won't. I'll, I'll do so. Uh, with a bad attitude. So <laughs> are you one of those rebels when they say wear orange that wears blue? No, if they, well, it depends if they're striping the stadium, I'll wear orange, but if they're, you know, every fan wear this color, I'll probably still just wear blue. I did wear white for Rod and Paula a couple of years ago, of course, when uh, we honored them. But after that, it was back to blue. Yeah. I missed that memo for that game. And I, uh, I don't know how I missed it. And I was pretty awkward about it. <laughs> oh gosh, It's okay. Uh, I, I'm sorry. It was it was bad. I felt so bad about it. Uh, question two: Choose your allegiance, Aubie or War Eagle? Oh my gosh! Um, dang, uh, whew, this is a hard one. Uh, I'm gonna say Aubie, um, just because. I mean, who doesn't love Aubie? Uh, you know, I've gotten to meet him a couple of times and and have a couple of pictures made with him, and he's just so lovable. But then on the flip side of that, War Eagle, man, every time they release uh, the Eagle from above Section 12 where I sit or from the flagpole, it's instant tears. Every single time, it's like the first time. I think this is my favorite question because it makes people squirm the most. <laughs> oh, it's so uncomfortable. Um, I love them both. But your first choice was Obby, so we're going to mark that down for you. And so yeah, we we'll know. put that down. But the good thing is you're safe from the minions of Obby because if you don't choose Obby, they're going to come after you. So now I know that you're safe. That's the important they thing will. here. Question three. Favorite part of the Auburn fight song, a word, a phrase, if you had to like select your favorite part of it, what would it be? Ever to conquer, never to yield. 
Now that's not a plug for us with the E2C network, is it? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Um, no, uh, so I'm trying to play the fight, fight song in my head right now, but I think it is that ever to conquer, never to yield. Uh, just having that mindset, you know, a spirit that's not afraid going back to the creed. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you can't go wrong, you can't go wrong with any of it, but yeah. especially that part. It's a good choice, a good selection from the song. Question four, your favorite Auburn athletics program? Uh, football would would have to be number one uh no no disrespect to the others i love them all but football is has been a life changer and um, a lot of good memories there i like the honesty because I, I caught a little bit of a, a you caught up there just for a second just to kind of really think about it so if you had to like pick another one what would it be uh so probably basketball um you can't beat the environment there the jungle uh i did get to sit in the jungle for the first time before COVID hit and it was just you know such a wild experience of what coach Pearl is building or has built here um, and continuing that on. But baseball, I probably understand the most about baseball out of the three. Uh, but as far as atmosphere goes, I really love an afternoon or evening in, in the arena. It is an incredible atmosphere and it's only gotten better as Bruce Pearl's been here longer. It has. Question five, your favorite Auburn athlete. Ooh, uh, it probably have to be Cam Newton. If I'm, if I'm looking back, uh, you know, there's a lot of Bo fans and love Bo Jackson and then of course, Pat Sullivan. And you look at Charles Barkley and all that he's done, but during my lifetime, I'd have to say probably Cam Newton and just how he did all that he did. And then even coming back after, uh, after football to finish his degree out here at Auburn, um, just showed the kind of man he was and how much he really loved the university. And I meant a lot to me. What I love about Cam's story is that, you know, this is a guy that could have just said, I'm coming here just to get to where I ultimately want to be. But he embraced, we embraced him and, and he embraced us back at the same time. And he's never let go of us. Now he's obviously a busy guy. You know, he's, right. he's trying to have an info career. He's trying to have a family and a life, but you always see him when he comes back or he, he mentions us, he makes sure he points out or hands a ball in the NFL to an Auburn guy or a kid or, oh, yeah. or a little girl. And it's, it's just, it's so interesting to watch a guy who had no business being so connected to the Auburn family, just get drawn in and still latching on to us. And prove so many people wrong in the process. Absolutely. It's just, uh, it's a great redemption story for him. And obviously want to see him end his career strong in the NFL. I'm not saying he's going to end it, you know, soon, hopefully not. Right. But, uh, he definitely could, uh, I'd love to see him have a really strong finish. I think Cam's got some things up his sleeves for us. Oh, I would bet so. Well, he's in a good position there being in a good uh, NFL, I call it program, but a, 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 I guess a company <laughs> would be a better right. way to look at it, the NFL. Uh, he's got a good coach with him. So if they can get it righted, that's oh, yeah. definitely the team to do it. Your favorite coach of all time for Auburn? <laughs> I'd have to be Coach Gus Malzahn. Um, just because of the, the man that he is and uh, the way that he he led the team on and off the field. And Like I said earlier, the kindness that he showed to this kid who he didn't know from Adam, you know, um, taking the time out of his day and then remembering me when I would bump into him in public. Uh, he would always, I'm a big because of him, I'm a big vest guy. And so he would always compliment the vest. Um, I don't know. He's just some of the most memorable moments uh, of, of, you know, my time at Auburn is because of Coach Malzahn and then Miss Christie as well, his wife. Uh, just you'd be hard pressed to find better people. Absolutely. Great representatives of Auburn. Even though they're not here, that doesn't mean they're not still part of the Auburn family. I'm glad right. to know that we have them as part of our little unit. Question seven, your favorite non-athletics Auburn person slash celebrity. It can be a family member, but anybody outside of directly associated with athletics, this is my favorite Auburn person. Uh, Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple. Um, really, I think just because of the same way as Cam kind of, you know, not having any reason really to come back here or to show, you know, your affiliation with Auburn. If you go to his Twitter bio right now, it's got Auburn football and basketball in his, in his Twitter bio. Um, and the, the, credit he gives Auburn for where he's at today. Uh, and then Octavia Spencer, who she's an actor, so shout out to her as well. You know, she threw a party for us for the Ole Miss game last year here on campus and sent us a message and all that. And those, those two seem to really give a lot back to Auburn, and I appreciate both of them. Definitely two of our most prominent names uh, outside of athletics that you'll find out there and very proud members of the Auburn family. Question eight, your favorite Auburn building can be on campus, off campus, but uh, your favorite Auburn building? Uh, probably Sanford Hall. Um, 
just because now I love the business buildings for any of my business people out there. I do love <laughs> our college, uh, but Sanford Hall is just spending an afternoon on Sanford lawn. Um, you, you'd be hard pressed to find anything else, anything better than that. Uh, grab you a tumor's lemonade, spend an afternoon uh, listening to the bell tower and all of that. It's just, it's a wonderful thing. If you can time it right, like you said, with the tumors in your hand, on a lawn on maybe say a 75 degree evening with a slight breeze coming over and that bell tower goes off at the right time. There, you won't ever leave. <laughs> no, no. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be upset when it's over. Um, but that, that, that describes my perfect afternoon, my ideal afternoon right there. As a beautiful thing right there. And I got I to go do this tomorrow now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go sit. It's going to be raining tomorrow, but I'm going to go sit on Sanford lawn. I don't care. I'll he's he's going to be that random dude out there just in the rain sitting there. And we won't judge you at all. No, not at all. <laughs> I think we answered this one already, but let's just let's ask it and see if there's anything else. Number nine, your favorite Auburn place to eat. Auburn place to eat. Um, love Mama Goldberg's. That's probably, if you're thinking of local places, uh, can be anything. I will accept it if it's not local. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, hmm. No disrespect to my mama Goldberg's people, but I do love uh, Makata. It's a hibachi place nearby. It's you, goodness, you can't. Had it last night, actually, and last Friday. Um, love some hibachi food. So Makata is, is definitely top of the list. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been there, but if you I haven't, know. you should definitely give it a shot when you get back to Auburn can honestly say that's the first time we've had that one suggested. We've had a lot of a variety here on this question, surprisingly. I mean, we do obviously get a lot of Mama Goldbergs, a lot of Niffers, Amsterdams, that type of the traditional ones that you hear for Auburn. Uh, but that is oh, still one of the unique ones. I forgot about Niffers. Oh, wow. That changes the game. Um, okay. We'll just, we'll just, we'll stick with the Mikado. We'll stick, but <laughs> Niffers and Mama Goldbergs are very, very high on the list. It's one of those things that I have to kind of check them off, especially if I haven't been to Auburn in a while. They, they've, I got to hit at least one of them. If you haven't been to Niffers lately, they have a sandwich that's called the Bramblet, um, obviously named after Rod and Paula. It's amazing for obvious reasons. I did see them promoting that and it looks very good. So I'll have to go try that. Uh, question 10, your favorite Auburn tradition. It can be sports, non-sports, your personal tradition, but your favorite Auburn tradition. Uh, my favorite Auburn tradition, I would have to say, Probably, um, you know, Tiger Walk's a great thing, but I'm one, I can't remember what they call it. It's uh, the Spirit March in Four Corners, I think is what it is. Yep, you got it. Awesome. You know, where the band breaks up into four parts Mm -hmm. and uh, marches down to, I'm going to get the names of the roads wrong and people are going to kill me. Um, But is is it uh, Donahue and uh, Sanford, I think? I believe it's Heisman Drive, I think is what... I I could be wrong, but I think it's I think it's uh, Donahue and Heisman Drive is where the two okay. collect. But could don't quote be me on that. <laughs> me neither. Um, but right outside the stadium, the band meets, and you know the the drum major climbs on a ladder there, and they just go through several of the Auburn songs with fans everywhere. Albie's there, the cheerleaders are there, and, and you can kind of walk with the band as they march to um, the intersection, and just you know people are on the walking up the ramps of the stadium because the gates have opened at this time and they're kind of stopping and looking over to see what's going on. And it's just a, 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 an amazing experience. I am so glad you suggested that one because it is one that has grown in my love in the last recent years, to be honest with you. And it's one I think gets overlooked because of Tiger Walk was just before it uh, and right. people want to move into the stadium, but you, you want to get hyped for the game, stay for four corners in the, in the spirit oh, yeah. march. Everything that's in the stadium will still be there when you get in there. Stay for the Spear March and Four Pointers. Yeah, it's it's more intimate of the pregame festivities that happen, you know, as they're kind of marching into the the stadium. You get a like if you time it right and kind of put, position yourself a front row seat to what the people are watching in the stands in the stadium. Oh yeah, it's it's amazing. All right, question eleven: Your favorite Auburn memory? Uh, favorite memory? Um, it'd probably have to be. Even though I talked a lot about the the 2013 Iron Bowl, I'd probably have to say tw- uh, the, the the Georgia game that year. Um, we yeah, after we won that game and we had the, the the that was the game that everyone was supposed to wear orange. I did wear orange that game, and we laid on the bushes when there were actually bushes there right over the, the handrails. <laughs> and the let's see, six five five of us kind of laid back on the bushes and had somebody take our picture. Uh, the five of us to sit together and it was just that was a wonderful experience um and then uh that's probably my favorite it's it's hard to choose but that's one of my favorite memories 
my goodness, with your story, I don't know how you pick one, just ones, but you did a good job there. <laughs> There's the story of the soggy nachos and the story of the rally pants, but that's we'll save that for another day. Yeah, I think we'll have to have you back on for another one because now yeah. sounds sounds like it could take us a minute. Question twelve, your final one. Describe Auburn to me in one word other than family. Oh man, home and why? Um, well, it kind of goes back to you know. Goodness, we say family so much, and I don't want to overuse it, but stepping onto campus, you just feel completely at home. Um, it's the whether it's the Sanford Bell Tower chiming, or it's the the breeze that blows through campus, or it's the friendly war eagle from this stranger you've never seen before, but who feels like family to you. Um, it's no matter where you're at in the world, you meet somebody from Auburn, and you you feel at home. Um, it's it's kind of universal, you know, no matter where you're at there's always that feeling uh, whether you're on campus or not it's a great way to wrap it up and just kind of get a, a bow tied on what is a very unique and special Auburn story and we are so appreciative that you would sit down for us for a little bit and kind of just rehash it with us and I hope you enjoyed it as much as we have enjoyed just hearing from you and learning a little bit about what's Auburn's been like for your eyes oh I enjoyed it thank you guys so much Thank you all for listening to this episode of Auburn Roots. We hope you enjoyed learning about Scott, learning about his Auburn story, and hopefully a little bit of his luck will rub off on us. My goodness. I mean, it's, I'm not living right. That's all I know after this one. But we hope that you enjoyed listening. There'll be many more episodes in the future. Until we talk to you again, War Eagle.